0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: The song in itself is really about, you know, on one level, it's, you know, it's tangentially about the the Sabin vaccine, but it's also really about, um, you know, enjoying... The fun part of anything you do. So I find myself singing it once in a while. Um, you know, it's it's something that uh, sort of lifts people up.
2: That's Jeffrey Sherman. He's a writer, producer, and director of TV and film. He also comes from entertainment royalty. His father and uncle were Robert and Richard Sherman, best known as the legendary Disney songwriting duo, the Sherman Brothers. They wrote many of the songs we've come to know and love for films like Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the,
0: Pooh, the Pooh, cubby cubby all with
2: The Parent Trap,
0: Let's get together, yeah, 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 Why did you and I come
2: And Mary Poppins. Now, as it turns out, Jeffrey played a small role in one of those classics as well. He was the inspiration behind one of Mary Poppins' most memorable songs. A Spoonful of Sugar. For a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, the medicine go down, medicine go down. Those lyrics may have been written nearly 60 years ago, but the words, A Spoonful of Sugar Helps the Medicine Go Down, feel very relevant today, right? Especially since as the COVID-19 vaccine rollout picks up speed, the biggest challenge experts are bracing for is not manufacturing or distribution, it's whether or not people will agree to be vaccinated at all. In this episode, CNN writer Thomas Lake talks to Jeffrey Sherman about a similar moment back in time. It was the 1960s when another vaccine was being distributed and how it led to one of the most beloved songs in film history. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction.
3: The Sherman Brothers wrote some of my favorite Disney songs, which are now some of my kids' favorite Disney songs. I asked Jeffrey Sherman how his father, Robert, and Uncle Richard got their start at Disney.
1: The way they got into Disney Studios was they were writing songs for Annette Funicella, who was sort of the breakout musketeer. And they wrote all of her early hits like Tall Paul and Pineapple Princess. You're too young to know these, but some people out there might. Disney saw that he had Disneyland. He had all these movies and television shows, and he he hired them as his first staff songwriters. And the reason was, he gave them, in the second meeting they had, he handed them this little red book, and it was Mary Poppins. And he said, tell me, read it and tell me what you think. Dad read the book and then read it to me and my older sister, Lori. Then they went back and they had a meeting with Disney that was only supposed to last like half an hour to play him some of the early sketches of the songs they'd written and the the basic storyline. And they ended up staying there for hours until it was dark outside. And Disney walked over to his office window and he stared and he said, play that bird song again, that bird lady song. And my uncle, who's the pianist, he played uh, Feed the Birds. Feed the Birds And he said, Walt Disney said, that's what it's all about, isn't it? And he turned around and he already had made up contracts for the Sherman Brothers to become his first and only staff songwriters. They're the only ones he ever had. And it's because they had this sort of shorthand. They were all storytellers. And the Sherman Brothers were on that same, same wavelength with him telling stories.
3: I must admit that's one of my favorite songs too. Feed the birds. So Mine too. Say, Alexa, play "Feed the Birds," and now uh, <laughs> my kids, my kids, all know it well too.
1: When I was a kid, um, it was the early '60s, and they rolled out the um, polio vaccine, the oral, the oral one, the, the Sabin vaccine, and everybody at school got it one day. And uh, we lined up, and they put a sugar cube in a little paper cup and then dropped the medicine on it, and you, you know, got your vaccine. So I went home uh, from school. They were writing all the songs for Mary Poppins. And um, that particular day that I got that vaccine, he came home early and looked very depressed. Um, What happened was Julie Andrews, who they championed, um, to be Mary Poppins had come to Los Angeles to hear all the songs and there was this one song that they loved called Through the Eyes of Love. Until you learn to sing- And she liked it, but it was not her favorite song. She didn't really feel it fit the Mary Poppins character. So she separately told Walt Disney that she wasn't as fond of that song. So Walt came to my dad and uncle and said, try to write something more in line with the Mary Poppins philosophy. So they were upset. They spent the whole day, a couple days. They were working on, you know, it was like they were trying to find a catchphrase like a stitch in time saves nine or something like that. And nothing was working for them. So I come home from school and I was a big kid even when I was young. And they used to, I don't know if they still do this, but they used to bring out these booster shots at the doctor's office, all these syringes on a tray. And I was sort of notorious for tipping the tray over, running out of the office and hiding in the neighborhood. So my father was surprised when I said to him, he said, how was your day? And I said, well, I got the uh, polio vaccine at school today. And he kind of looked at me and said, wait, you let somebody give you a shot. Did it hurt? And I said, no, they, you know, they put the medicine in a sugar cube and you just ate it. And my dad stared at me and started shaking his head and went over to the phone, called my uncle. The next day they went to their office and wrote the song, A Spoonful of Sugar Helps the Medicine Go Down. A spoonful of sugar
2: helps the medicine go down the medicine go down medicine go down just a spoonful
1: so i inadvertently down. sparked that i guess wow and you're like
3: 7 years old at this point something like that
1: yes yeah but 7 years old wow
3: your father bob or, or robert sherman and and your uncle richard and and so i'm picturing them uh, uh, bob's got maybe a notepad, but then there's Richard at the piano uh, experimenting with tunes, something like that?
1: Yes, well, at first I understand my uncle thought it was the silliest idea he'd ever heard. He walked out of the room angry, and my dad sat there and waited because this happened all the time with him. My uncle went back and he goes, wait a minute, I've got it. And what he added was, uh, in the melody, it's a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. He decided Mary Poppins would have down go up and that was his, the beginning of his genius melding with my father's. And uh, so they, you know, they wrote very fast and they had that song and it ended up to be a, a big song in the movie. And, and Julie just loved it.
3: Well, uh, so so many millions of kids do and, and, and have since, uh, since 1964 when uh, this musical Mary Poppins came out. At what point did you sort of know, like, oh, my gosh, I helped write
1: this? My dad thanked me uh, profusely. In fact, I have a a, uh, little music book and I had my dad and uncle sign it and he wrote, thanks for a spoonful of sugar on it. I put that up on Twitter as well. You know, the song in itself is really about, you know, on one level, it's, you know, it's tangentially about the the Sabin vaccine, but it's also really about, um, you know, enjoying the fun part of anything you do. So I find myself singing it once in a while. Um, you know, it's it's something that uh, sort of lifts people up, which is part of the reason I thought I might attract people through the the, the posts that I did um, by telling that backstory of the song again.
3: Yeah. So it was just a, a thought that came into your mind uh, recently as this new vaccine is is developed and as. People in the U.S. are beginning to receive it uh, this week. It, the, the connection just formed in your mind. You said, I, I, I need to say something about this.
1: Yes. Well, there are two things that contributed. Um, the, the primary one, actually, it's, it's interesting. I'm on this podcast because I watched CNN and uh, Dr. Gupta was on speaking about how even if the vaccine is, you know, uh, it works and it's, and it's safe, so many people are afraid to take it or are reluctant to take it. And he seemed really concerned. And I saw all these people on the news that are the frontline workers, the doctors and nurses that are just exhausted to the point of tears and have the scars on their face from the masks. And to me, it feels like being in the the front lines of the war. The other influence was I have a, a very, very close friend who's very smart, but he is sort of a fan of the current administration. And he bought into the misinformation that was coming out, that it was no big deal. And he would often say to me, you know, it's just a flu. There's nothing to it. And and I, I would try to reason with him, but he just wouldn't listen. And he saw my tweets and he called me and he said, you know, my cousin went to a family Thanksgiving and knew he was sick, but didn't believe it was anything more than a flu. And... He ended up infecting that whole side of his family, and his aunt just died like a week or two ago from it. And he said, you know, I guess you were right. But uh, it did affect a lot of people. And the thing that warmed me the most was the response from doctors and nurses and scientists who not only, you know, thanked me for, for, you know, supporting them, but it launched a lot. A lot of non-vaxxers and a lot of these kind of people got on, and there would be debates on this site.
3: Well, that's really really good to hear i mean as you're saying there there is a lot of bitterness in the air in this country right now and i just wonder if, what you think like what would be the proverbial sugar the government or the vaccine makers could give to distrusting americans right now to make this all seem a little sweeter
1: I think it's going to be twofold. I think people like Dr. Gupta coming on television and he's so calming. Um, and I also think that as it goes on, you know, we're seeing all these, you know, wonderful healthcare workers getting the vaccine. And I think when people see it safe, they, they might start trusting it more.
3: Uh, you're going to take the vaccine, right?
1: I'll be the first that day I'm told I can get it. Absolutely. I wish it was in a, a cube of sugar. You know, the, one of the vaccines will come out and you can eat it on a sugar cube, but you know, it's not its not a lot to ask to, you know, save someone else and, you know, and save yourself and, and uh, look out for your fellow man and woman.
2: That amazing story from CNN writer Thomas Lake. There was a recent survey from the Kaiser Family Foundation that showed an increasing acceptance of receiving the vaccine. 71% of Americans now say they'd get the vaccine if it were safe and free. And more than half of those who are reluctant say that it is possible they'd still get it after seeing how it works in others. That does give me a lot of hope. And when Jeffrey wrote to us and shared his story, he said, perhaps I could change a few minds. I sure hope he does. Like I've always said, we're all in this together. And Jeffrey telling his story is just one more way to help. We'll be back Monday. Thanks for listening. Coronavirus Fact vs. Fiction is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer. Felicia Patinkin is the senior producer. Raj Makija is the senior manager of production operations. This week's episodes were produced by Ann Lagamayo, Rachel Cohn, Emily Liu, Aaron Mathewson, Madeline Thompson, Zach St. Louis, and Zoe Saunders. Our medical writer is Andrea Kane. Nathan Miller is our engineer, and David Toledo is the team's production assistant. Special thanks to Ben Tinker and Amanda Seeley of CNN Health, as well as Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio.